When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the DNVR Rams podcast presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Download it today and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. All right, y'all, we have a ton to talk about. We are in the heart of recruiting season, a big weekend coming up for CSU football. I'm going to give you some names to watch. I'm going to talk about some former Rams and where they're going to be going to. And uh, we're going to talk about the latest commit. CSU picked up a big time commitment uh, from BYU tonight. Excited to talk about him. The Rams did lose a couple of verbal commits from the high school recruiting scene this week. So I'll talk about that as well. Kind of how this works. You know, you win some, you lose some. But I just wanted to once again... I thank everybody that has continued to reach out to me. Uh, Still, unfortunately, kind of going through some some issues on the medical side. Had my first ever CT scan this week. Did get, you know, a lot of positive news back, but I do have to do some more testing to kind of rule out some bad stuff. I am making progress in terms of how I'm feeling, so that's, that's certainly encouraging. But the only reason I've even brought this up, you know, on the podcast or on Twitter is to just give you guys an understanding of why the the content has been a little bit erratic of late. Doing everything I can to get back on a normal schedule, certainly uh, getting tired of being at home and in doctor's offices and in waiting rooms and getting poked and prodded at. So I appreciate all of you guys for the support. This is not me trying to pander for more. I get it. You know, everybody out in Ram Nation always has my back. And I just, I I can't thank you guys enough for that. But more than anything, I just wanted to explain why I've been like, you know, some days I'm good and, you know, I'm at home and I'm able to get stuff out. And other days I spend the whole day, you know, getting tested or feeling like crap and just been a long month. But that said, I am very stoked for college basketball to, you know, heat up again. And I'm really, really stoked to talk about recruiting. This has always been a chaotic time anyways, you know, basically a a reality show that we all follow and just can't get enough of. But now that you factor in NIL and the transfer portal, I mean, it's the wild, wild west. I'm going to be really interested to see, you know, how many big time flips there end up being late. I think everybody knew that over the years, there were instances where guys just got a bag of cash thrown at them at the last second and then they went somewhere else. I mean, it it happened to CSU with some SEC schools a couple of years ago. But now, I mean, you you can do it out in the open. 
And as far as being a content creator goes, that's, you know, really intriguing. It gives us plenty to talk about, plenty to write about, plenty to debate, engage with online, etc. But I also can't help but think this is probably the most challenging time in history to be a division one head football coach. And even just on a staff to be a college football coach in general, you're constantly fighting to keep your own roster intact, to keep everybody happy and out of the portal. At the same time, you're trying to secure commitments for the future in a recruiting landscape that has just gotten crazier and crazier. And the disparity in resources from school to schools have just gotten wider and wider. And there's also never been more pressure to win and and succeed immediately. It's a brutal gig, man. And with the passing of Mike Leach, rest in peace, I hope to get Matt Mummy on here pretty soon to kind of talk about that legacy. You know, if you haven't, if you're not familiar with what Mike Leach did in terms of, you know, kind of taking those spread concepts, the, the air raid and making it more mainstream, him and Hal Mummy, I mean their impact on on football today is just insane. Look at the SEC and how many teams are, you know, running spread concepts and going vertical. It's just, they've revolutionized football, seven on sevens. I could go on and on. But with Mike Leach tragically passing at 61 due to a heart attack and probably also because of my own, you know, situation lately, I've just been really reflective on this industry as a whole the stress that goes into it and the pressure and just how all encompassing it is. And man, it's, it's just never been harder to be a, a football coach fully understand that it's a big business and results do matter. I'm not trying to minimize it or anything like that, but I do think it's important to remember that, you know, these coaches are, are just human and, and same thing with the players and stuff when it comes to the portal and, I mean, you look at some of the responses from BYU fans tonight. It was ugly stuff. And, you know, I haven't seen much of that from the CSU side regarding transfers out this cycle, which is great. It's just always important to keep perspective in a time where it's easy to be really irrational as a fan and kind of go crazy online with little to no consequences. Anyways, I am going to stop preaching at all of you guys DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. I love the endless variety that they have, whether it's live betting, same-game parlays. They really just give you so many opportunities to get in on the action. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlay. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props. Boom. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost the bigger your shot to win big. If you're feeling confident in our boy, Trey McBride, he had a kind of a coming out party of sorts in the most recent game. Maybe you think he has a big game in Denver this weekend, you know, bet on him to, you know, take his over catches, something like that. Make a nice little same game parlay, make an otherwise seemingly boring game between the Cardinals and Broncos. Interesting. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code DNVR. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win. Get $150 in free bets if they do. Only with DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Cool, cool, cool. All right, we are going to talk about Dallin Holker, the most recent commit for CSU. Really promising tight end at a BYU 
before we talk about him though, let's just get uh, the bad, however you want to phrase it, out of the way first and talk about the recent decommitments that CSU has had. The first was Richie Anderson, an outside linebacker slash kind of edge defensive line prospect out of Tulaton, Oregon. Committed to CSU all the way back in June. You know, before CSU, we really only had interest from like Portland State and that type of level programs. CSU kind of found a, a, a diamond there. And honestly, I was pretty excited about his potential, but recently started to get some serious interest from Fresno State. They ultimately flipped him, uh, surprised a lot of us, definitely caught me by surprise in the moment just because he had been committed for so long. Based on what I've heard, the staff kind of recognized that, you know, he was starting to waver and they basically were like, well, go ahead and sign with Fresno then, you know, if you're not going to show loyalty. And honestly, I respect that. CSU has good depth in the defensive line, especially with Mo Kamara coming back for another year but they've got a lot of up-and-coming guys that are intriguing. You know, I I think that Kenyon Aggers and Andrew Lorich are going to be studs. Lorich doesn't get quite the hype that some of these other guys have gotten, at least on a national level, but he's a really productive player out of Yorkville, Illinois. Has gotten some Big Ten interest, too, and from what I've heard, has basically kind of just told him that he's locked in to CSU. That's what you got to do. You got to build around guys that, you know, really want to be there. I mean, this is what I talked about with the the transfers and the veterans that decided to leave the program. I mean, if somebody's got one foot out the door before signing day, not exactly sure I would expect the the loyalty or the commitment to to get stronger from there. So it's a bummer that he'll ultimately end up with a Mountain West team. Again, I do think he's going to be a talented player, but I kind of respect what you know the staff did by principle. The other decommitment was actually one of CSU's more recent commitments, I think only nine or 10 days ago. Israel Polk, three-star uh, athlete, could play DB or wide receiver at a St. John Bosco High School out in California. He had committed to CSU. Now he decommitted. I think it's a want. he wants to go P5 thing. Recently posted about getting an offer from Pitt. Again, appeared to be a talented prospect, a guy that, you know, probably could have had a bright future here. But, you know, if, if they have one foot out before the process even begins, it's, it's just probably not going to be something that works out in the long run. And that's why being able to establish relationships and really getting to know guys as, as who they are as people and, and not just football players is important because it's, it's not just a matter of talent. You can have all the talent in the world. But are you coachable? You know, are you going to be good to your teammates if you're not the star of the show? Are you going to hit the portal the first time that a coach yells at you in practice? I mean, these are all things that you have to consider when you're recruiting. And as much as it sucks to occasionally lose a guy, sometimes it's a blessing in disguise. I mean, you never know if, if they go and, you know, they end up being like an all-conference player. It's, it's tough to, you know, say that was a win. But everything's contextual and you just got to understand that it's a nuanced process. As I joked on Twitter, also a bit of a silly process. I mean, could you just imagine if, you know, we handled day-to-day relationships the way that, you know, athletes handle recruiting and the transfer portal, like you're dating someone and you just post an iPhone message saying that, you know, you've broken up with your significant other. You're going to be, you know, exploring all your options, you know, no interviews. 
I don't know. I'm not trying to be the the old guy yelling at the the clouds here, but I just think it's a bit silly at times. I think it's a bit funny to watch, you know, these student athletes post one day that they're 100 or even sometimes 110% committed to a school. And the next day and, you know, throughout the week, they're posting about all the other offers they get and how blessed they are. It just makes me laugh. And again, they have every right and they should explore every opportunity. I'm not saying that they shouldn't. I just think the optics of it are funny. Like if I, you know, on Monday changed my relationship status, you know, to in a relationship with somebody, you know, I'm committed to so-and-so. And then on Wednesday, I'm posting about like, well, you know, I'm going to see what else is out there. I don't think the person that I originally posted that I was in a commitment with would be too stoked about that. Or maybe they're into it too. You know, who knows? Maybe they want to play the field as well, see what other options are out there. I mean, it certainly happens where, you know, schools tell guys that they have a committable offer and then, you know, they pull that at the last second. So again, I'm I'm really not trying to be critical of these high school kids or, or transfers even for exploring all their options. It's more just the optics of it and seeing the timeline play out and, and all this. And it makes me laugh because it's, it's really the only thing we see it in and just kind of accept it for what it is. Cause if you acted this way, when it came to, to other relationships or a job, you know, it'd be crazy. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about Dallin Holker because I think he's going to be a really nice addition to the program. Real quick, got to shout out the homies over at Game Time. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate? It's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. You're not going to find a better deal this season on CSU basketball tickets than you will with Game Time. It was created by the fans for the fans, and they guarantee the lowest price. They'll even match it if you find one that is listed as lower. If you love DNVR, you're going to love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. CSU's most recent verbal commitment is Dallin Holker, six foot five, two hundred and twenty-five pound tight end that began his career at BYU, had forty-two catches for five hundred and twenty-one yards and three touchdowns over twenty-two total games. As I wrote in my initial piece, his best season statistically was his freshman campaign back in two thousand eighteen, had nineteen catches for two hundred and thirty-five yards. That's a hard position to produce at as a freshman. I always keep that in mind. I mean. It's why I'm really excited for Jordan Williams. It's why I was really excited for Tanner Arkin, despite you know not necessarily having the season that I think a lot of us thought he would. He ultimately has elected to transfer out. Recently committed to Illinois. Uh, we'll talk about that later on. That's why Holker is going to be such a, a big-time commitment for this program. He's got solid size. He's got a ton of experience. And he's going to be mature. I mean, he's married. His wife, Tay, is actually transferring to CSU as well to compete in track and field. She owns the Utah 4A state record for long jump. She was a state champion, another really impressive athlete. So not just a win for the football program, but also for the track and field program. Going back to my original point, though, you just can't underestimate the value of having an experienced guy like Holker at this position. I mean, I think Jordan Williams is going to be incredibly talented as a pass catcher, but... 
I mean, Holker, he's a guy that flashed early. He's a grown man. I mean, he's going to have grown man strength. He's not going to get bullied out there, you know, by defensive linemen or, you know, linebackers, DBs, whoever he ends up uh, matched up against, depending on, you know, run pass, whatever. And he's a guy that's proven that when he gets a lot of targets, he can make the most of it. I mean, in high school, over his junior and senior seasons, he had 202 catches for 3,061 yards and 33 touchdown receptions. I like the potential of a guy like that in this system, particularly, you know, when he already has multiple years of collegiate experience and, you know, real world life experience. He was a team captain, you know, going into the season. So kind of like, you know, Ajon Vivens leaving. I think it was one that really surprised BYU fans. I mean, it, it hurt them to see him go. Let me tell you, the, the reaction from BYU fans online quickly reminded me uh, why they were my least favorite uh, group of fans to interact with as a kid back when they were in the Mountain West. They can just be so intense and nasty. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I understand that's just part of how this works. All college football fans can have an ugly side and it can show out, you know, depending on the scenario, but just like classist and sexist comments and I don't know. They just have always tended to to go a little bit more personal than necessary. At least in my experience, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but just having been around this league for a long time, I, I know that's a fairly common sentiment. I mean, outside of CSU, BYU was probably the team that Wyoming fans despise the most. I mean, BYU and Utah obviously had a really intense rivalry or still do. Kind of like the Rocky Mountain Showdown, though, I'm not exactly sure how often those teams are going to play in the future, you know, maybe a couple times a decade. It's not going to be an annual affair. But I do always take it as a good sign when, you know, the the fans freak out about where a particular player lands. I mean, it usually means they they valued that individual and, you know, understood what he meant to their team. And if you're CSU, you're getting, you know, an experienced player, another offensive weapon that is going to help you attack the middle of the field. I mean, you've got Torrey Horton and Justice Ross Simmons, and you're really excited about some of these other guys, you know, Lewis Brown, Makai Fox. Hopefully they're able to, to land some of these other transfer receivers. I'll talk about them here in a couple of minutes. But outside of a couple of games where, you know, Arkin kind of popped and at the end with Jordan Williams, that really was a, a missing component of the offense last year, being able to attack up the middle. Other than some crossing routes, you know, some underneath stuff, it was mostly, you know, stretching the field vertically as, in terms of what CSU did best with the passing offense. They tried to work a lot of screens in there. That didn't really work very well. But it just allows you to be, you know, more multiple with what you run. It allows you to be more versatile with your approach. Hopefully, we're going to see an impact in the red zone with tight ends, you know, being featured more consistently next year, whether it's, you know, Jordan Williams or Dallin Holker. You know, you just have more opportunities to attack the defense. You're going to have a quarterback that is, you know, a year more experienced. You're going to have an offensive line that's hopefully, you know, revamped a little bit. With the guys you've got coming back, you know, Torrey Horton on the offensive side, then, you know, defensively getting Chigoze Anusium and Mo Kamara to return Jack Howell as well. That's huge. I really don't think there are that many pieces away from being a, a competitive team. Definitely need to greatly bolster the depth and with the ability to sign, you know, around 40 guys, they're going to be able to do so. But I mean, I think with what we saw from them down the stretch, you know, those final eight games last year, the guys they've got coming back, if if you can just, you know, just 
get a couple of key corners, you know, to, to bolster the depth there. Obviously the offensive line, maybe a linebacker, then a receiver too. Like they could have the potential to be pretty dang dangerous next year. Obviously we'll have to see how it plays out, but I, I really do like the position CSU's in right now. They have the number one rated recruiting class in the Mountain West, one of the best in the G5, maybe even the best. But this is definitely a really big weekend for recruiting. I mean, you've got to keep everybody, you know, locked in that you have committed and, and hopefully you're able to sway, you know, a couple of of late commits here. Just some people for you guys to keep your eyes on. Uh, defensive back Jack Henderson from Southeastern Louisiana. He is taking an official visit to Minnesota this weekend, but he is still projected, you know, in the running for CSU. If you look at some of those uh, recruiting prediction metrics from on three and, and two, four, seven and all of that coming off of a really nice season in which he had 90 total tackles, 55 of which were solo also had a couple of interceptions also had a couple of forced fumbles and four pass deflections. So really a productive season the year before he was an all Southland selection. So you like that. It's not just a one year sample size was more of a safety at Southeastern Louisiana, but I do think he could play some nickel for CSU. That is, you know, a position of need. We'll have to see what happens this weekend with him. We'll also have to see what happens with uh, defensive back Cameron Alexander of Sam Houston state veteran defensive back that played a lot of football for Sam Houston between 2019 and 2021 only played in four games this past fall before leaving the team in those four games. He had 14 total tackles, one interception, one pass deflection. In the two years prior to that, in 22 total games, had two picks and 16 pass deflections. So really active in pass coverage. You like to see that. Would be a guy that could potentially, you know, come in to be that cornerback two opposite of Chigoze Anusium, especially now that Greg Liday has opted to enter the NFL draft and not return for his extra season of eligibility. Staying on the defensive side, I do expect CSU to sign defensive tackle Nick Helbig, six foot two, two hundred and seventy-five pounds senior out of Wesleyan University. They did not play in 2020, but between 2019, 2021, and 2022, played in 26 total games. That was a lot of 20s to throw at you. Had 127 total tackles, 35 and a half of which were for a loss, 21 sacks had at least five and a half sacks every single year. He had five forced fumbles this fall as well, which is just an insane total. Seven in his career, had a blocked kick, so just a really active player. And what's kind of cool is he didn't even start playing football until he was a junior in high school. Before that, he played baseball, soccer, basketball, and track. Not surprising, CSU loves these multi-sport athletes. Uh, They've recruited more track stars than just about anybody that I've seen but I definitely really like the potential of Helbig with this defensive coaching staff. You can always, you know, coach somebody up and, and get them to be a better football player. You can't just coach raw athleticism, especially, you know, when it comes to people that are like six, three, 300 pounds as well. I mean, he's six two, two seventy five. but you either have some of those raw traits or you don't moving along, uh, going to the offensive side, a couple of names, Josh Kelly, Fresno state wide receiver CSU recently offered him. He had 63 catches over the last three years, 931 yards, three touchdowns was really productive early on in this season did get injured though. 
I'll be curious to see what type of eligibility he ultimately has. Uh, Josh Cobbs from Wyoming, another productive receiver, their number one wide receiver that would certainly uh, stir up some shit up in Laramie if he ended up at CSU. If CSU could somehow land one to two of Josh Kelly, Josh Cobbs, and then Kyle Williams, the UNLV transfer, I would be stoked. If you can land one of them, you're in a good spot. If you can land more than one of them, man, that offense is looking nasty. All those guys are going to have power five interests, though, as are you know some of the offensive linemen that CSU could be in the mix for, one of which Landon Beebe, a Missouri State transfer, really, really accomplished player over his career. He's already visited CSU. He posted about that. Looked like it went well. He's visiting CU this weekend, though, so we'll kind of have to keep our eyes on that. On three basically has it like close to 50-50. Gives CU the slight advantage, but that's probably because of all the, the Deion Sanders hype. Grant Stark, an all-conference offensive tackle out of Nevada. We've talked about him before. He would be big. Aaron Frost recently announced that he's going to go to ASU, so CSU has already missed out on one of the Nevada linemen in the transfer. If they could somehow get Stark... I really think this offensive line would be in a great spot going into the year. But definitely keep an eye on both of those names. Again, Grant Stark, offensive tackle transfer from Nevada, landed BB transfer from Missouri State. We'll talk about this more in the coming days, but I just kind of wanted to give you guys some names of people that I will be following so that you can as well, you know, turn on your Twitter notifications, all that fun stuff. Uh, Melquan Stovall, the former Nevada slash CSU receiver, did post that he is committed to ASU. I really thought he was going to end up at San Diego State. Ultimately ends up in the Pac-12. Tanner Arkin, tight end, ends up at Illinois. Great for him. You know, I I think he has a very bright future. I'm not really sure why it, it didn't work out a little bit better this season than it did, but... He's certainly a guy that I'll be cheering for. Um, I I really think he has a bright future. I think he's an NFL tight end if everything comes together. And then uh, Tavian Brown, longtime CSU linebacker, will finish his career at Georgia State. Still waiting on a lot of those other receivers. You know, we've seen some of their offers. Dante Wright got an offer from Tulane and and UCF, unsurprisingly. I saw uh, Ty McCullough post about an offer from East Michigan and Ball State, I believe he visited Ball State, got an offer from Wyoming. That would be spicy. Though I think he'd be kind of crazy to go to Wyoming as a receiver. At this point, they have a hard time keeping receivers in-house. That's all I have for today. Keep an eye out for another podcast tomorrow. Um, actually, potentially two podcasts. I've got a lot I want to talk about since I have not had an opportunity to let out all these opinions I have this week being in the, the doctor and all that crap. It has been super annoying. Shout out to all of you. It's going to be a fun couple of weeks as far as recruiting goes. This time is always dramatic. It's always crazy. Remember to keep perspective, but also enjoy it. I mean, the staff is doing a tremendous job. The future of this program is bright. I know it's getting overshadowed by everything that's happening in CU. And goodness gracious, it's a bit nauseating how all of this is is happening before they've even played a game. Apparently did not learn anything from this Russell Wilson Broncos scenario or at least the, uh, the collective media around here have not. But the, the future really is bright for CSU. We saw how this team was more competitive as it went on. They were able to bring back the majority of their top talent. They're going to add some key pieces here. And I think it's going to be a fun season. I really do. I'm looking forward to the fall. I know a lot of you guys are too. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Shout out to the presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that code DNVR when you sign up. Much love. Peace.
understand Christmas, I guess.